Fuel, the podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership within the automotive industry. Fuel is bringing you the latest in proven strategies and techniques that can take your service department to the next level. Welcome back to the Fuel Podcast. This is Alex Keith here coming to you live from NADA Las Vegas 2024. And I got Mr. Bill Demry with me, my buddy, right here. I've had a couple of you a couple times on the podcast so far, man. Pretty consistent guest with me. I guess you like coming on. Yeah, I like your podcast. You guys <laughs> talk about a lot of cool stuff. So how you been? How's things going so far? Yeah, it's great. You know, it's a great show. Uh, a lot of activity, a lot of cool stuff around. Um, you know, we're really spending a lot of time with our current partners, just trying to see what we can do, you know, better uh, in our stores. So yeah, it's a good show. Yeah. So if you don't mind, real quick, I mean, just in case people haven't heard you from the other episodes, quick background. Yeah, Bill Demerim with the Tomwood Auto Group, uh, based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm the corporate director of fixed operations, so I have the privilege of working with all after sales of all uh, the companies that Jeff Wood owns. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> so I mean, we talked about a couple key things. I mean, one of the things we went into that was a great episode was talking about mobile service yes the other one we went into was you brought in your body shop guy how is that body stop uh, body shop stuff going by the yeah, way the body shops uh, um, it's fun you know it's a, it's a it's a street fight I think I call it every day <laughs> you know we uh, we have made the decision to be a non-DRP uh, collision center we have a 75,000 square foot collision center and uh, we're choosing OEM certification uh, to really be our guiding principles of that store and sometimes that doesn't uh, always uh, go the direction that you know, our insurance companies want us to do, and they may want to cut some corners, and we really want you to do that, but we're not going to pay for that, and um, it's just been a hassle. So we decided just to end that and uh, become a non-DRP. We'll do it the right way, not because it's the easiest or the cheapest, but it's the right thing to do. That's so fantastic. That's so, I mean, like, it's how long did it take you to kind of get that mindset to say, we're going to go in this direction? Yeah, so we decided on it uh, last spring. Okay. So I'm going to say it was April of last year was... Uh, kind of our idea said let's let's take a new approach this has been an operation you know we've been about a 10 million dollar operation every year for 10 years and it's been up and down you know we do 10 10 and a half then we do nine nine and a half and 10 and I'm just tired of the even flow just up and down up and down Mm -hmm. and um, so we decided you know let's just take a different approach Um, so uh, actually in our one of our 20 groups we found a group down in uh, North Carolina that we felt was doing it right. So we took a field trip, went down, looked at all the processes, came back and said, we're in. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. So uh, a lot of work, but a lot of fun, <laughs> you know, transitioning to a different way of, of doing it. We did uh, about 11 and a half million this year. It was the second biggest year we've oh, ever had. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Nice little just getting started. Little tap. Yeah. Nice little tap yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, just getting a little started. Well, me and you are always talking about key concepts or key topics to kind of get into. And one of the things we stumbled on is you were talking about sales penetration, right? As yes. far as like that's that percent number and why people like from your level, owners, even general managers, need to start understanding the fixed side a little bit better when it comes to sales penetration and why that's yeah. the number that needs to be looked at. So let's just jump right into that. I mean, yeah. sales penetration, what's that to you? Yeah, so I, I really think that, you know, the only thing we have to sell is hours, right, and service. So I think a lot of times we just focus on the hours and the efficiency and our techs are turning, they're not turning, and that is a number. But that's really an indicator of how well we're doing on our closing percentages on the drive. And if we're not paying attention to that, um, how do we really know 
are we capturing all the hours that we should be capturing? Correct, and yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night. It's one of those things, you know, you're a car guy, <laughs> you think about 2 o'clock in the morning, something comes to your head. And I got to thinking about our F&I departments in sales. I'm just a fixed guy. I'm not a variable guy. I don't ever claim to be. Uh, I love what I do, and I'm passionate about the back end of the business. So I think, you know, I've been in the sales meetings. They say, what's your F&I penetration? What is your service contract penetration? And it, it spoke to me because I'm like, okay, if Jeff Wood was to ask me, what is your break penetration around the group? I would have absolutely no idea. And that bothered me. So I came back to the office. I started running some reports. I'm like, we have no idea how many opportunities we've had and how many did we close. So I started pulling all the data. I'm a data guy. And, and I found, all right, we're closing 32% of all ASRs in the shop. Which, you know, you think, ah, oh, that's a pretty good deal. So then I said, well, what's the value of that? So then the next report I ran was $4.6 million of ask. We're closing 32.1% of the time. Like, okay, is that a good job? I don't know. So I started researching, what if we added a picture or video to that? Mm -hmm. What would happen to the closing? So I pulled the ones that had pictures, which was very few at the time, by the way. <laughs> and the ones that, you know did and the ones that didn't and I compared and the valuation of the ones that did was a lot more and the closing percentage was a lot higher. So that 32% was really with very small amount of, I think of effort, I guess you could say with the media. Yeah, just kind of like standard. Yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah, like, we're hey, probably yeah, going to get that. We're doing. And it's like, you know, we're doing at the time 17% media. Is that good? I don't know. So what do you start with? Do you start focusing on the closing percent or do you start closing on what drives that? And in my mind, it was media, pictures, video. So I spent an entire year of retraining our entire group that I want 90% media Ooh. across the group. Yeah. And we, we chipped away. This quarter, it's 30%. The next quarter, it's 60%. And we started driving the group and training them on what the expectation is until we finally, uh, we drove, matter of fact, it's interesting, 2023 December is the first 100% of our stores over 90%. We ended at a 94.8%. Oh, meeting. nice. Congratulations, so, man. Yeah, it's taken a couple years. It doesn't happen overnight. you <laughs> got to be patient. Um, let it work its course. But what that did is it took our closing ratio up to 39%. And it wasn't no longer a four-point-some-million-dollar ask. It was an eight-million-dollar oh, ask. Oh, wow. So if you can increase your closing ratio well over 5%, of a four million plus additional ask, do the math. It's interesting. <laughs> it definitely will get your attention. Yeah. I mean, like it's, but it's pretty easy to to look at the numbers that way, and and then it, some people can get it, some people can't. So, like, I like breaking it down practically, right? And so, like, when I'm talking to some of my customers, when we kind of get into the side of the training that I do with them in the Dynatron tool, is I say, hey, this first number here of how many customers are coming in, yeah, it's variable, yeah, right. People make appointments, don't yep, show up. It happens, yep. right? Sometimes it, you get an influx or you don't get an influx. So it's a variable number. But then it's kind of like in a baseball analogy. Those are your at-bats. That's your hits, yeah. Yeah, and then your hits are what are you selling? Yep. You know, your, your fluid maintenance services, your your air filters, your brake jobs, your alignments, and your, your numbers. So to me, it's like that number is dependent on the first number. And if that number is variable, then the second number is variable as well. Yeah. So, yeah, we want to sell as much as we possibly can that, that's needed in the drive. Correct. But what's the most consistent number, right? Because you don't – I mean, you could have an idea. Yeah. How many vehicles are coming in your right. store. Right. But let's face it, unless you and your mobile service team goes down and just starts breaking a bunch of stuff, right. you don't really yep. know who's coming you know. in. So I think the most consistent number, and that's why I love you're talking about it, and that's what other people need to be looking at, the most consistent number you can track – 
going to be that sales percentage number, you know. And if you take the the, the approach, uh, we're fortunate enough that I have a really good team around me. And every Monday morning, we have a level 10 meeting and we report what the closing ratio is around the group and we break it down by store. If we have a store under 35%, we break it down by advisor. That advisor target is where my trainer goes. That's You're going to that store, you're going to work with these two people, and we're gonna find out why their closing ratio is low and see what we can do to help get them up to where they need to be. And by really micromanaging, I guess, that now, because we've got to where we wanna get to now, let's just do a better job with what we're doing. by sending Trey out to the stores has been just a blessing. Uh, to even to the end of, you know the advisors that are struggling, they don't they have no idea why they're struggling. Nobody's talking to them about it. The manager's busy. He's not coaching him. He's not next to it. So this way, I can do it on my level and say, hey, we, we're, we're coming in for the next three days, and we're not leaving until this person either gets it or they don't. And we're going to help you get the low-hanging fruit and get the, the closers up, erasers up. So do you kind of break that down to, like, giving them the aspect that's like, look, look, we're not asking for 30 more. Right. We're looking for, like, one more day. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really interesting, by the way, because every time we talk about those numbers and I say, how many service riders you got? Yeah. We need, to, for us to hit the goal penetration, we need 50 more. How many service riders you got? Well, I got five. Okay, so how many more is that per advisor? Like that. Well, how many working days are there in the month? And there's like 20-something, like 20, 23 or something like that. Yeah. So divide your 10 by 23. Now, I'm not a mathematician. I'm pretty sure it's less than one, yeah. right? So we're literally asking for less than one more a day from your riders. So do you think that kind of helps make it more granular to them or more practical to them, saying, oh, it's not the moon. It's just something i got to take a look at every day. Well, and it is, and it gets them focused on it. Yeah. So we run, we have a fixed ops banquet twice a year. We give away a lot of money and a lot of door prizes. You guys have been great in helping us do that. Um, so we set these metrics up as well as a qualifier to be able to pull off the board. So if you get everybody focused on the same thing, they, they all know what their closing ratios are. And by the way, the ones that are really hitting it, absolutely what I love to do is the old-fashioned, I get out a card and a pen, I handwrite a little note to let them know, did you know, Shannon, at Tomwood Lexus, you were the highest closing ratio, sold the most hours in our entire organization last month. Thank you for taking care of our guests. Thank you for what you're doing. And I just sign it, and I send these things out periodically. And I love when I go into the stores, I'll see them taped up on a wall. That's so cool. I'll see them pushed aside. You know, just an old-fashioned handwritten, you know, I'm a sloppy handwriter, but (laughs) I don't care. Um, and we send it out, uh, and it's just that little bit of recognition that I promise you, the Shannons, where she may have been a 54%, so oh, I bet I can get 55%, right? but I can get 50 and you're just driving the high performers even higher and taking the low performers and trying to push them up. In oh, the you said it, man. I was going to roll there, and you just jumped. Yep. You did it again, Bill. <laughs> but that's what I like to talk yeah. about. I mean, you, everybody would say we're just going to set one goal, right? We need to be from 30% to 35%, yep. right? I'm like, yeah, and maybe that's some individuals. It's not bad. It's not a bad way to start. But like you said, we all know that we've got those people in our stores that if I say you need to be at 10%, they're going to get 10% and then they're done. Yeah. The monkey's off my back. Yeah. Okay, whatever. But then we got those those people who want those letters. So they're going to not go to 10. They're going to go to 12, 15. They're possibly going to go yeah. higher. So I always tell my people, I was like, listen, it's a good practice to set two goals. You've got your standard, which means – we're going to hit this. If you don't hit it, you're essentially asleep at the wheel, right? But we got our top tier. I mean, this is really shooting for it here. So like you said, it just consistently would pull 
the, the lower end people that are just standardized right now maybe change their mentality and change their culture of like, you know what, they're, they're going to be pulled along with you. And so it's a good practice kind of. Now, I have another question. What kind, of, what, what kind of data are you using? Like what kind of source are you using to get those sales penetration numbers? So it's, it's kind of funny because I, I actually pull it from X time. Unfortunately, X time and Cox can't figure out how to make this data happen. I've been fighting them for three years. So I had to create a pivot table, which is kind of crazy. But I extract the raw data uh, out of X time, and then I put it in a pivot table and I sort it. And that's how I find out median numbers. And then the closing ratio part of it's easy to get. They have good reporting on that. And I pull those numbers out weekly, monthly. I have a monthly file that goes back probably three years. So we can watch for the trends uh, of our teams, stores number one, and then we break it down by teammate. And again, just to see what are we missing? What can we do to help? Because having the resources that I have, working for the owner that I have, allows me to do things that you know others may or may not you know want to do or can do financially um, to send out a coach trey was the number one ranked ford advisor in the united states for three years worked at our ford store i put him into the audi store so he could get the highline experience before i brought him onto my team so i'm not just sending a, a coach out that hasn't done it this is a guy that's been with our organization well over 10 years well respected knows the business, you can't kind of BS him, and he's going to help you get better. And having the tools and the reporting that we have just drives where he goes. Now, did you, the did you kind of see that coming? Or this is, is this something that just kind of popped up? Did, like, did you start like a, it sounds like you did a grooming process. Did. Um, I saw it coming. EV vehicles, right? It's, it's coming. And so if we can't get better with what we're already doing, we're already behind the ball. So Three to four years ago, I started building my team. I have a warranty audit manager that works for me that goes around and audits, pre-audits our dealership. So we're prepared when the OEM comes. Okay, come, because Angie's already looked at everything and I know we're fine. So I have this little team of, you know, small team, and we meet every week with an L10 meeting. We're all on the same page. We have issues, we have problems, we solve them. Uh, but our communication level is strong. And then once a month, I get our NCM numbers, and my uh, parts director that I just hired a year ago, myself and my assistant, we spend three hours dissecting the composite, and we have our marching orders. We know which stores are struggling and what the data points that we pull, and that's where I'm spending my time. That's fantastic. Right, so, yeah. so like again, like with, with that process, you saw it coming. What were some key notes like to maybe help some other people? Like, how did he see it? What were some key things that you picked up on to kind of like, yep, that's identifier, and I'm going to go ahead and start now? So I think the, the, the car business, you know, look, let's just look at uh, 2023. We predicted that the variable was gonna drop off over 10%. And we saw it, obviously, everybody announced, you know, the, the COVID swing is, is going away. So in a, in a group our size, that's a lot of, that's millions of dollars, yes. right? Lost gross. So from a fixed side, I know we have to carry that. I know that we have to carry you know, whatever the number is, plus. Now, we hold more gross, we hold more net. Yeah. So we decided it was a 16% we had to do year over year, 16% gross increase to offset the losses of what's going to happen on the variable side in order to hold the net net profit of the store. So if you were turning a forecast in anything less than that, I wasn't accepting it. Yeah. And we would come up with a plan, and we would work with our coaches at Rome's, and so Marty, our coach, knew exactly. He knows what stores I'm driving and where I need the results. 
and then he helps on your side to get our stores up where they need to be. And we finish the year a little bit short, but 13.5% year-over-year oh, year gross. Yeah, nice. Which is still respectable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we know this year it's a 10%. So I think that we know the numbers. We know what we have to get done. And we know the, you know, the sales is going to be volatile over the next coming years. And we just got to do our part. We're fixed, guys. That's what we do. That's right. So, I mean, like kind of going back to what we were originally talking about, if, 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 if you're a fixed guy, if you're talking to a fixed guy, and, you're, and he's like never heard this process or this just is on his radar, right? He didn't wake up in the middle of the night right, and say sales penetration, yeah. right? What would you tell him? Like what would be the, like, kind of the guide or the step? You did it for me with the mobile service, yeah. right, which, which is awesome, yes. right? So if you were kind of doing the same mentality for that to somebody, kind of how would, you, how would you introduce them or step them into that process? You know, I, I think some of it is just think about your own experiences and what you want to have service. I was on the uh, uh, Fix Ops Roundtable Tuesday, and they'd asked me a similar question. I use mobile service personally. I don't have time to bring my own vehicles into <laughs> That's you know, all the stores yeah. that we have. So I use that type of service uh, because I don't have time. And think about your customers. What do they not have time to do? Come into your store. Come in the store. And the last thing we want is them in our stores. We already know the valuation of a customer not being in the store is worth a lot more. So what are you going to do to overcome it? Are you just going to accept it? You say, well, that's the way it is. Or are you going to start thinking about, you know, we should do pickup and delivery. We should do mobile service. We should do these types of things and constantly thinking and refining your business. I was talking to one of our parts managers, young parts manager, just uh, last week. And he was talking about, we sent him to NCM training for parts manager. He came back with a long list of things. And I reminded him, always remember, that little business that you are running is inside a mega business. It's your business. What would you do if you owned it? Think about the mm. keys are yours, the responsibility is yours, the checkbook is yours. Are you going to be overdrawn at the end of the month or are you going to make a profit? So think about how are you going to grow that business? Is it going to be wholesale? Is it going to be customer pay? Is it going to be on the RO? And as a service manager, a service director, I tell them the same thing. It's your business. You own it. How would you run it? What would you change? Get in a car and go to the com competition. Yeah. How do they service? I, my oil change on one of my vehicles never comes to a Tom Wood store. I go in on a Saturday morning unannounced to get an oil change just to see how my experience is. And damn it, they upsold me. They, they, sold, they sold me. And this is fun, though. Like, I had like this $90 bill, yeah. and the young man was awesome. He said, hey, we have a subscription service for oil changes if you'd like to be interested. I said, no, I'm not interested, but thanks. He says, well, let me explain it to you. I can take this $90 and put it toward it. It's $120. You get an oil change. You get complimentary oil changes, tire rotations for three years. I can lock you in today, and you will really don't have to pay anything for this oil change. And I kind of looked at my wife. I smiled. I said, man, you're really good. I'll take care of that, and here's my card. I was about to say, here's my business <laughs> card. I'm going to hire this guy. <laughs> but now I'm looking at this as our group. I'm like, you know what? He sold me. Nobody really can sell me, but he sold me on yeah. it. So we're looking. We just had a meeting last week about doing subscription oil changes across our group because it's something I went outside our group and found somebody doing something I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Bill, thank you so much again. I'm just kind of wrapping up this episode of the podcast. Um, I always like to – I mean, you've given me several final thoughts already, but one of the things I like to do, as you know, is I like to kind of give you the last word. Like, what is something – Going into 2024, what is something that you've been talking on these panels and on these other podcasts you've been on and stuff like that? Something you really want to kind of give out there to say, hey, you need to be looking at this or this is my advice for you from my experience. So kind of, kind of last thoughts as we kind of wrap it up? Yeah, you know, take care of your people. Um, uh, nothing more important than our team. 
and work-life balance. You know, people aren't going to work as much as I did and do. Um, really take care of your team and, and, and read their body language. Um, you know, we have to make tough decisions in this business. And if we find somebody that's just burnt, they're spent, there's stuff going on at home, you know, meet with them, talk yeah. to them. And uh, I heard it with um, uh, one of the openings here. It, it, I forget who it was. I don't remember. But, you know, he had made a comment about taking care of your team. Just like your family, you got to take care of your family and take care of yourself, right? Um, it's a big business, and you can get wrapped up into it. I, I gave my son some advice recently: uh, shut the lid on the computer too. When you're at home, you're on the weekends. That business is going to be there; it never stops. Yeah, it's 24/7. <laughs> shut the computer, spend some time with your family, and uh, enjoy life because it's short. Oh, brother! Well, thank you so much again for coming on. Okay, I normally ask people, are they going to come back home? But I don't think I got to ask you that <laughs> anymore. Let me know. <laughs> Alrighty, this will conclude this episode of the Fuel Podcast. Bill, thank you again, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining another episode of the Fuel Podcast. Always be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to be notified when new episodes are being dropped. And click the link below to review any of the show notes for additional information. Or you can email the Fuel Podcast with the link as we encourage any feedback or any questions or comments from our listeners. Until next time, I'm your host, Alex Keyes, with the Fuel Podcast for Fixing Underperformance and Evolving Leadership.